didn't see you there. Would you guys like to set sail on this ocean of flavor with me? I'll be your captain. I'm Steve Harrington. And I'm Colin. And I'm Whitney. And this is Scoops Ahoy, a Stranger Things podcast, where we go week by week, chapter by chapter, starting with the very first episode of Stranger Things Season 1. We have now made it to Stranger Things Season 3, and we are on Episode 4 with the sauna test. And Colin is here with your summary. The fourth chapter of Stranger Things 3, titled The Sauna Test, debuted on Netflix on July 4th, 2019. It was written by Kate Treefry and directed by Sean Levy, and has a runtime of 52 minutes and 26 seconds. We're still on the night of Monday, July 1st, and open with Max and Elle, home from visiting the Holloways, getting ready for their sleepover. Elle is thinking something was off with Billy, but Max assures her he was fine and is clearly not a murderer. Across town, old Miss Driscoll is getting strapped to a gurney and taken to the hospital. As the ambulance passes the steelworks, she freaks and yells that she has to go back. Meanwhile, inside, Tom and Janet get face-sucked. The next morning, Tuesday, July 2nd, a naked and bruised Jim Hopper wakes up, throws up, and comes up, with Joyce's help, with the thought that it was the motorcycle helmet guy who beat him up. A code red brings all the gang together to spy on Billy, all the gang that is except for Dustin, who is still at the mall with Robin and Steve, working on a plan to get through the air vents and into the mall storage room. Fortunately, Erica arrives, and they all realize she's small enough to handle the job. Over at the Hawkins Post, back from the dead, Tom fires Nancy and Jonathan, who then have a lover's quarrel about how neither understands the other. At Mike's, meanwhile, Will tells the gang his theory about how the Mind Flayer is looking for a new host. And Hopper has some fun with Mayor Klein as he tries to get answers about who Motorcycle Helmet Guy is. Klein says he doesn't know, but does tell Hopper about all the land deals he's made out near the power plant. The gang arrives at the pool and think Billy might be the new host, and they get to work devising a plan to find out for sure. Mike also finally comes clean to Elle about how Hopper told him to stop seeing her. Also, Karen and Nancy have a little bonding moment, and Erica makes her way through the vents with the promise of free ice cream for life. After the pool closes for the night, the gang lures Billy into the sauna and traps him in there. He eventually breaks out, but Elle force throws him through the wall and he runs off. At the same time, Mrs. Driscoll freaks out again, and the Scoops troop discovers boxes full of containers of green goo. The storage room, though, turns out to be an elevator, and they plummet way, way, way down. Back at the steel mill, Billy tells Heather that Elle is the girl, and that she knows who he really is now. Heather, though, isn't worried. The horde of juju zombies is growing. The end of chapter four. I have a lot of questions about the, the mechanics, or maybe the logistics. You you can do um, homework questions too. I can. Yes. Colin, are you ready for your homework? You're late again. I had to get catch up homework. Yes. Feeling good. Okay. I feel like you should feel good. These are, I I went pretty easy on me this week. I only have three questions too. So number one, what's the maximum temperature of the sauna? 220 degree 220 220 220 220 that was the one i was like oh that'll be a good one and then he repeated it and i thought colin will definitely get this i was gonna so. look that up actually i mean good god i mean that's like the temperature that you bake something <laughs> right well where would a spy go a spa go I don't, that, that high in temperature i don't understand the point of a sauna like you're just supposed to sweat out all your toxins i guess i mean you think of like a hot tub i mean like 104 is like hot <laughs> it's like yeah i don't you know, like so to how are you gonna I don't, get 
How are you going to be in a 220 degree sauna? I mean, good Lord. I don't like to sweat. So the thought of a sauna is just not appealing to me. Right. Okay. Number two, what color were the little flowers on the wallpaper in Larry's home office? Uh, well, it was like a, it was like black wallpaper and, and bamboo. And, um, and it, they look like just like kind of green fronds, right? There, there okay. Were- yes. There were green fronds, but there were also little flowers on those. How about, how about white? No, they were like a pinkish purple. Okay. But it stuck out because it was the only kind of bright color in that okay, room. Yeah, it was noticed, a lot of black noticed, and gold. I kind of noticed the bamboo and the kind of the frondy thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, number three, your final question is, what was Mrs. Driscoll's room number in the hospital? 104. Nope. Oh, 404. There was a four. 401? Nope. Shoot. Four. I looked right at it. Oh, what was it? 403. You're close. Okay. I rewound it to look, but yes, it was 403. Okay. Not too bad. Yeah. I mean, at least I knew what you were talking about. So that's good. And I kind of have guesses. So, yeah. All right. Where do you want to start? Oh (laughs) my gosh. (laughs) Right. I do like the, uh, the idea that Max thinks that Billy is not a murderer. So that's, (laughs) that's good. Yeah. Um, And then we get from Will, um, how he's now felt the mind flayer three times. So first at the movies, obviously, and then at Nelson Hill, which is where Dustin set up his little radio tower. And then when he was breaking up uh, Castle Byers, but that led right into when he was describing the feeling to the kids and the roller coaster line. Which oh, I it's my, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I was like, it Mike, was... Mike's like, yeah, I know what a roller coaster feels like. And Max is like, yeah. And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> Everyone goes, yeah, yeah. Like, like, no. what, what's a roller coaster? Yeah. Well, he's felt it four times now. He feels it. Well, he feels it in the sauna. Yeah. Yeah. At, at the time, he had only felt it three times. So, yeah. Because yeah. this was this was before they they went into the sauna. So, I also like that they kind of addressed, I mean, Lucas um, apologizing to Will about the campaign and and Will's like, yeah, I just don't even really care anymore. And then we have the quick scene with Mike and Elle when, when Mike realized that Elle had been spying on him, that that was, you know, against the rules or whatever. So I know you think that Mike's hair is as bad as Will's. And I am adamant that while it's not great, it's not as bad as Will's. Will's looks like... I mean, at 14, does he not have any say in how his hair is cut? I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember when I, when I took over control of my hair. I mean, it literally looks like like Joyce just puts a bowl on his head. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing with Mike's is, Mike's, I think, is the whole ensemble. Because he's yeah, mentioned in the mall episode when he had the, it was kind of the yellow short sleeve button down shirt tucked into gym shorts with knee high socks and sneakers. And he's just so gangly. Oh yeah. Um, well, he's, he's so gangly. I think it's kind of, it's kind of the whole package with Mike and, and, you know, Will's okay from like the forehead down. <laughs> so uh, just... I don't know this, this episode, he had that, that polo, that super stripy polo oh, yeah, tucked that's into true. his shorts. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was like, and it was long sleeves. Yeah. In the yeah. summer. That's true. He's just I a just... weird little kid. Yeah, and, and Mike or Finn Wolfhard, he's actually 5'11 now. So wow. he's just, he is just all arms and legs. I don't know yeah. how. I mean, obviously that was like three or four years ago. So, oh, uh, side note, did you see it was, a, it was a couple of days, a week ago or something like that? Um, Noah Schnapp's uh, TikTok of when he got accepted into college. I heard, I haven't watched it yet. Where did yeah. he get accepted into? 
Uh, well, he had a Wharton. Was it Wharton? I think it was a Wharton sweatshirt. I can't remember. I think it was a Wharton sweatshirt. But where you know, is he, that? It's a uh, it's a business school. I think it's in Pennsylvania. Oh wow! It's a, it's a cute little video because it's him and his mom and dad and sister, and they're just like jumping up and down and going crazy about. I just found out he has a twin sister like three weeks ago. How do I yeah, not know this? I don't know. I don't really keep. Him, <laughs> you know. I do though. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So I wonder. I'm very curious if this is going to affect Stranger Things, like his filming with him going to college. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, it's University of Pennsylvania, which which Wharton is part of. So that's yeah. So it's so he got accepted into into Penn. So so I I really liked the bit with Max when she was looking through the binoculars at Billy, saying, "I really hope it's not you, God. I hope it's not you." I thought that was a that was a neat little thing to to kind of throw in there, just to kind of show the familial bond that she still has, even though Billy's kind of. I know there. and. I do, I think they do a good job with him like humanizing him yeah, as he did, it's yeah. almost like a parallel like the more he becomes the mind flayer the more human side you see of him like I really think that the scene in the sauna where he's crying and saying it's not my fault I think that's Billy Oh it is talking. Billy it's totally Billy cuz I don't think right, that's right the mind flayer right after that is when um Will gets the goosebumps and he knows that the mind flayer is back. You can see when he reaches for the shard on the floor and then Will gets the goosebumps. Yeah. You know, then, you know, the mind flayer. But yeah, I think before that, it's to, it was totally Billy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, really. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I thought I thought that was really neat. I also really liked and I, I, I keep talking about how great Sean Levy is, but just little things. And it should have been a little thing later in the in the episode, um, our episode here. Um, just his transitions, you know, I mentioned last week, kind of the dissolve from the, from the, um, surveillance camera at the lab uh-huh. into, into, um, Dustin's binoculars. So this week we got Billy snapping the towel off the locker, um, pulling the towel off the, in the shower. And then it goes quickly to the locker closing. It's just like really quick transitions, but it, it's just, there's just like really neat little things that, that Sean does in his episodes. I, I just, I, I really like them. I think I'm so immersed in the story that I'd never pay attention to stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, you know, at this point, I'm just kind of watching more for a, what you're going to ask me about and B, <laughs> kind of cinematography kind of, you know, I, cause I can kind of dive into a little bit now and we'll talk, actually, we could talk here um, about some of the cinematography. I actually, I mentioned last week when I said, I liked the uh, shot from in the bathtub of the ice bag yeah. dripping water and i credited tim ives as a cinematographer completely forgot lachlan milne came in as the cinematographer for the last episode and for this episode and he's actually he went on to he was the cinematographer for uh minari um the oscar nominee um what was it two years ago now but so the whole if you want to let's get all into the sauna test scene which i thought was really really good so sean levy said in an interview, we spent darn near four days, 10 to 12 hours each inside a tiny stage. That set was not one inch bigger than the real thing. Six actors and a hundred crew. It was tight. It was hot. We probably did well over a hundred different angles to tell that story. Right. I shot the entire sequence with two handheld cameras for maximum energy and messiness. Millie and Dacre came ready to crush it. So the intensity level was really high. And when 11 collapses exhausted into Mike's arms, that was real exhaustion. I know. And it makes, it makes my husband laugh. Cause he's like, really, like, really, you were that <laughs> upset. Like just from acting, <laughs> like, he's just 
so skeptical. He's okay. like, I'm like, like Mike, she's like a 12 year old kid. <laughs> I also, I really love, and we'll talk about it more in the music. I really love how Dixon and Stein went from uh, Mirkwood, which is their theme that they use. It's the, it's kind of, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the music a little bit more, but it's a very intense droning theme. And oh, then she collapses and, I, and it becomes just a, you can breathe again. The music kind of lets you breathe again. So the music here is very similar to the scene in Poltergeist where Joe Beth Williams, like everything they think they've saved the house is still haunted. And she just gets out of the bathtub and she's running down the hall and they do that long shot yep. where it like stretches. Yep. And when she's running, it's almost like she's on a treadmill, but it right. it has that it, almost similar, like almost exact same like beat with the drums. Yep. And it was also similar to season two when Steve Remember the shot that I love so much from season two when they're in the tunnels? Yes. It's similar to that. It's what it reminded me of that music as well. Yeah. I think it, the, the music's really good. We'll talk about more in the, in the music section. So um, the other thing I wanted to mention, I think it was the same interview with Sean Levy. I'm not sure if we talked about it before, but Dacre really has some cool ideas when he's doing things like in the, in the moment and they end up, Sean actually has liked several of them and, and put them in. And he said, um, when Billy sees someone inside the sauna, Dacre did this completely strange clapping and laughing, which is the, you know, we kind of do is like, all right, you know, I got you now. And he's kind of doing this weird clapping thing. There was none of that in the script, uh, Sean says. And then when Billy starts to become possessed, Dacre said, Hey, can I drag the tops of my feet along the tile floor? And Sean says it was such a specific and visual image. I shot a full on close up of it. I mean, just to, as an actor to, you know, kind of be in that moment and go, ooh, this would be a cool shot, you know, and kind of take yourself out of acting for a minute and kind of. So I, I think we got a budding director on our hands at some point, you know, here down. The yeah, line. that wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Um, uh, so then back to Lachlan, who's the cinematographer um, that so that whole scene was shot without stuntmen. The only stunt person they used was when the barbell went flying. So they used a they used a stuntman there instead of Billy, but Lachlan said, "I love that shot for me because the barbell shot because it feels like you're actually watching it happen. You're not necessarily using filmmaking tropes to cut around that quite so much. You're trying to just say this is physically what's happening in the space, and obviously it's not because there's wire work and there's a bunch of other things going on. But when it comes to stunts, I'm a big fan of trying to combine them in one shot if possible to make it feel more honest and more realistic. So, yeah, no stuntman used in that except for that one shot with the barbell flying across. And Sean actually in a different interview was saying how he really wanted to you know he just followed the barbell across you know and, and kind of you know trying to get that camera angle for it so a lot of kind of behind the scenesy stuff but mm-hmm. and we all know that you focus on the behind the scenes stuff and i'm like more focused on theories theories and <laughs> postulating and, and questions yeah. and but i've thought this every single time i've watched this episode even if the mind flare can make these people supernaturally strong their bodies would not hold up against the beating that they take you would think so right especially having a barbell you know and going through well, a, he goes through, through, a, through a brick, a brick wall. wall yeah through a brick he would wall. be in yeah. ribbons yeah yeah so and he doesn't like have any scratches really on him i mean he has a few because you see heather yeah heather's kind of know, mopping kind of, him up a little bit yeah yeah i'm like does he have to do they become like armor <laughs> yeah i don't know so so speaking of heather and that that last scene, I thought you were going to ask me how many zombies there were. So I'm like trying to figure out it's like 12 or 15 zombies. But how have we not had any kind of, well, I was going to say like missing person, you know, reports because 
because I, I know like Tom comes back and, and you know, and, and Billy's out in the world Which, and stuff, but still. So I'm curious um, if the mind flare sends certain people back into society. Like, I don't understand yeah. how these people are like, did Billy and, and Heather kidnap all these people and bring them and get their faces sucked off by the mind flare like they did Heather's parents? Or were they drawn there like the rats? And if they were, what's drawing them there? What caused Mrs. Driscoll? Did she get bitten by a rat? Are the rats spreading the the zombie, the mind player yeah. virus? Yeah, I don't know. I think the rats are kind of out of it at this point is mine. Because they were exploding to form, yeah. I guess, the Yeah, so I the think the rats, the rats are kind of out of it and, and are now in the monster but yeah, I I don't I don't know. I mean, it would have been good for them to show one shot of Heather saying to you know Postman Dave, "Hey, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to chloroform you too and throw you in the back of a right. you know, jeep or something." Yeah, but I have, uh, and I actually wrote an entire article about this. I need them to address what happened in Hawkins in season four. There is no way they can't like it's going to drive me crazy if they don't address the fact that half yeah. the town went missing yeah well but see and again i mean that was kind of my thought too it's like they're not really missing because tom's at work but at the end they are like obviously this is a a spoiler for a little bit for those that you know they turn into goo right yeah so so yeah, no, I, I, to... I, yeah I know what you're saying like later on sure but I, like at this moment i mean tom was face sucked and like a couple hours later, he's firing Jonathan and Nancy. So I I don't know. Right. I just have like a but lot it of sure questions. Is a, that... Sure is a good show though, huh? Oh man. <laughs> I, I mean, really, my love for the show is what brings me to these questions because I want to know more. I want to know the background and I want to know the history and the origin story of things like the Mind Flayer, the Demogorgon, all of that stuff. Yeah, I do too. I have a feeling I'm barely listening to this podcast. It's like, yes, we know, we get it. <laughs> We go, we get it, Whitney. Quit bringing it up. We know you guys really want some answers, but <laughs> okay. So the whole Jonathan and Nancy storyline with Mrs. Driscoll, we talked about that. About the return of Callahan, this is the first time we've seen him since. It's his only scene too, I think, this season. Yeah, it's the, we haven't seen him since the third episode of season two, I think. So, and I really yeah. like that actor. Yeah, he's really fun. So then we get Tom and. Janet both get gagged and both get face sucked and Heather's super creepy. There's no stopping her, it, daddy. There's no, Line. there's nothing behind her eyes. Oh, she's just she's, freaky. That was, yeah. that was almost my stranger thing for superlatives later. It was really crazy. Mm-hmm. And then we get the scene with Tom and Jonathan and Nancy. And when he, uh, when he fires them and I'll talk about this again, a little bit more in the little things, but I love the little bit where a little bit into the scene he kicks the desk and the camera turns kind of cattywampus and the entire rest of the scene is off angle what scene in the scene in the office where tom is firing nancy and jonathan and he lays out that these are the six things that you did wrong and oh. you just disobeyed a direct order really first of all disobeying a direct order is not like he's in the army but that's okay right so kind of toward the beginning of the scene he kicks the desk out of frustration and the camera just goes crooked and stays crooked for the rest. So every shot for the rest of that scene is crooked. If you go back and watch it, huh. you can see in the background, like the door jam is crooked and the pictures on the wall are crooked. So everything, the camera angle is, is tilted. So it's called a Dutch angle. I'll actually post a link to it. 
Uh, there's a, a pretty good article I dug up in a cinematographer magazine about Dutch angles and filming and crooked and stuff like that. It's a very famous, not really a trope, but it's a style. But I mean, you think of things like, you know, Mission Impossible and stuff, the, the scene mm. in, the, in the first one when Tom Cruise realizes what's going on. Remember the scene when he goes to the, it's a big, huge fish tank in the scene. Yeah. And it's kind of crooked. It's the same idea. Not, not anyway. a Mission Impossible fan. Oh, great movies. I also don't like James Bond if I really want to blow your mind. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not super into james bond either but but anyway so i'll post a link to that article um but yeah i did get a kick out of the disobeyed direct order <laughs> listen tom is the editor of the hawkins post he holds some he holds some serious you know you need me on that wall if, if you don't follow orders people die i'm like no you're, you're an editor of a small town newspaper get over right. yourself and then the conversation that jonathan and nancy have in the car we find out that nancy's dad is making six figures in 1985 what i know so remember we had this discussion way back i think in season one we were talking about the you know the income levels of each of the families because will seems like he, he's on the lower end like he's right. you know with joyce only one yeah. parent she works at melvaults the convenience right. store or whatever yeah. but and so we thought we were like oh i'm sure the wheelers are just you know middle upper middle, middle class, class. Upper, yeah yeah, sure. yeah. Then we find out that she's making six figures in 1984 five. or five. Yeah, yeah, well, in four probably too. Yeah. So that what does that equate to today? I would wonder. That that'd be a good thing to look up on like an inflation calculator or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because and, you know, in all fairness, he could be you know could be you know using some hyperbole or something, but still, I, I don't know if he knows exactly how much. Right. I thought that too, but you know. still, I was like, what? What yeah. does Mr. Wheeler do for a living? He looks like an insurance salesman. Yeah, <laughs> he, he could he could be could be like the only insurance salesman in town. We don't maybe. Know. Yeah, and so then Nancy and her mom have the chat in the kitchen, which I thought was a, a nice little scene. It kind of humanized. I mean, not that neither of them aren't human, but you know, just kind of give them gave both of them kind of a, an extra little dimension to their character. Well, and Nancy has been at odds with with karen wheeler since season one they have never been on the same page so it was nice to finally see nancy say hey mom i got it from you i mean i did love that at first right. she was like dad dad <laughs> did yeah. you get this dad who was probably asleep in the chair in the living yeah, room. yeah with holly or, or well off making six figures yeah and so then they get to uh well nancy gets to the hospital jonathan and nancy both get to the hospital but nancy goes into the room or do you think that they're setting nancy and jonathan up for a breakup i feel like they are well i mean we I know mean, technically they just did kind of break up so i, I don't in know. real life no 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 in that scene in the car oh it was kind yeah. of like a, i mean it was you know but they're kind of three seconds short of officially saying oh let's break up but they're back together by the end of it like no i know yeah i feel like they're not, I, I feel like they're not going to be together in season four probably not no Okay, so let's do let's save Scoop Street for last and let's talk about Hopper and Joyce. I love how he's naked. Um and and Joyce's reaction to it, how she's kind of looking but not looking, but looking but not looking, but looking but not looking, but looking but not looking. I hate the scenery throws up. It really makes me gag. That was I love how she kind of treat I mean, you could totally doing the same thing like with Will. I mean, it's the same thing. Okay, okay, you got it. You're all done. Okay, good. Um, I also love how she finally gets to see his shirt. why does he only wear that shirt? Hopper, what are you doing? I well, I mean, his other one was out wet on the, uh, I mean, his, I don't know how many work shirts he has, but it was out wet on the front porch. But, uh, it was, you know, what are you wearing? 
<laughs> he great. loves him some Magnum PI. I know that's great. And then he actually stays in it for the rest of the season. So that, yep. that was, that was kind of neat. That's what my uh, Funko Pop of Hopper is in, oh, in, in that shirt. Yeah. Yeah. He's in that shirt. Yep. So then they get to the mayor's office, which I thought was great on two levels, both his interactions with Carrie Elwes. And then I also really love Joyce's interactions with Candace when she rips the phone out. Oh, I love it. Who are you going to call? Who are you calling? The, the police? The, the police? <laughs> yeah. And then the whole uh, bit with the cigar cutter and threatening to, you know, cut his finger off. which was, It makes me cringe because it, it there's a, if you listen, there is a sound that every time he pushes down on that cigar cutter, it sounds like it's being pressed into his flesh. Oh, it, it, it's, it is. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's definitely. <laughs> uh, it makes me sick. It's def- he's definitely getting cut a little bit, but I thought, I thought that was great. So then we get introduced to the mayor's mansion, which I, I assume it's the mayor's mansion. It's not, 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 I could be the official mansion. How, how much are mayors of small towns making? <laughs> it, looks, it looks like Tony Montana's house. I know, that right? is what it reminds me of. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just so out of place at Hawkins. I mean, there's nothing, I mean, even close. Oh, see, to I don't think so. I think it is very like 80s people that had money and it's like they thought. Yeah, but, but have, they you seen think, any, have you seen anybody's house even remotely like that? No, but what even, I'm saying. Even the wheelers who are pulling down six figures are living yeah. in a, you know. But what I'm saying is I think that Larry's and Winnie's house is what they think celebrities and rich people decorate. Oh, like. absolutely. It is very yeah. much a Beverly Hills house. It is very much a, but it's like the most stereotypical. Oh, in the absolutely. Yes. I, I, agree I think 100%. that's it's like what they I'm just think. Saying, plopping it in the middle of Hawkins is a, is a little oh, bit I love strange. It. I love it. <laughs> so then he gets handcuffed and then Winnie comes home. And I actually thought it was Karen at first coming in because because you only see her from behind in the leotard yeah. i'm like and then it got it clicked because the zebra's on the floor and the piano's in the background so oh i should have asked you that for homework so I'll, let me ask you a homework question okay so winnie this is not the first time it is the last time but it is not the first time we have seen winnie in this series where have we seen her before at the pool there you go yeah so she's friends yeah with so so maybe that lends even more substance to yeah, so, so she's the woman so if you're in in the scene that you asked me about my homework i think it was two episodes ago when you said can you watch holly she is the woman if you're looking at the screen directly to the right of mm-hmm. karen so she's the one that keeps saying it's showtime girls she's the other and, blonde you know, yeah and it's you know 10 minutes to showtime um so she was in season in episodes one and two this season as one of the one of the pool moms so uh, so then Hopper and Joyce go flipping out to the farms. We won't really talk about that. It comes uh, comes back next week in a big way. So, mm-hmm. okay. So Scoop's troop. I really love how Steve says that he can just take the guard out. And Dustin's like, have you ever actually won a fight? Right. <laughs> I chuckled out loud. So then Robin goes out to get the plans. And so this scene, and I'll play a clip. Uh, so this little bit of dialogue where she comes in and says, it's amazing, but 20 bucks can get you at the county recorder's office is word for word from sneakers, which came out in 1992. So here's a clip. I'll, I'll play a clip of this scene from sneakers. So this is river Phoenix, the late great river Phoenix talking to Robert Redford in sneakers. And then it's immediately followed by Robin and Dustin in this episode of stranger things. So take a listen. It's fascinating what 50 bucks can get you at the county recorder's office. What do you got? 
Playtronics corporate headquarters. The complete blueprints. Not bad. It is fascinating what 20 bucks will get you at the county recorder's office. Star Corp Mall. The complete blueprints. Not bad. Right? So it's like word for word. Like I know. I it's, mean, it's, 50, it's such a, 50, 50 bucks versus 20 bucks, but still, I mean, otherwise, you know. It's, it's such a bizarre choice, too. I would never... I, I've never yeah. thought of that line as like super famous from. Sneakers. I just I just wonder if Kate had, Kate Treefry had just like watched sneakers lately, or somebody in the writers' room had said, "Oh, maybe," you know. So they kind of went back, and it wasn't even like a paraphrase; it was like word for oh, word. But yeah, but but, but interesting. So, uh, so then we get them trying to throw Dustin up, in, or Steve trying to throw Dustin up into Ben's the like gumbo. Ben's like gumbo uh, because he has clitoridal. Well, he's dysplasia. a clyde something, but yeah, cratoclinial dysplasia. So no collarbones. And I thought that just affected his teeth. Apparently. Well, it's a, it's a bone issue. So that includes teeth, obviously, too. Okay. So then we get Erica uh, launching Operation Child Endangerment, wanting free, free ice cream for life, <laughs> which is good. I love her line about capitalism. Yeah. Um, and explaining that. So then they get actually into the thing. They get the green goo. The elevator goes down. But Why is that, that elevator so fast? And so far, I mean, that's like a well, mile underground, right? <laughs> how long have they? How did nobody know this existed before Star Court Mall was built? No idea. Um, like what? What was it? What was on Star Court Mall, or what was in that area before Star Court Mall was built? Yeah, I have no idea. It's like just, they it's, they had been working on this for years. Yes, clearly. But I really love the bit between Steve and Dustin, and it, it, it's worth going back and watching it again when steve's like back away and dustin's like no if i die you die oh yeah they stare at each other for what seems like 30 seconds without saying anything <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's it's a good five seconds of them just kind of staring at each other and steve's like yeah all right okay yeah so okay colin moment this week i kind of went a little bit off the beaten path and i just wanted to talk about and profess my love for the goonies because it comes up in this episode with Erica, with her hat, with the flashlights kind of duct tape onto it, very much reminded me of Data and all his little contraptions and goodies. But more importantly, Mm -hmm. uh, the whole conversation about booby traps, she brings it up twice. And I I still can't hear booby traps without- Without booty booty, traps. Booty traps. You mean booby traps? That's what I said. (laughs) So the whole booby traps, booty traps thing. So are you you a Goonies fan? Oh yeah, for sure. Like I loved it as a kid. I love it now. I considered giving Evie up for adoption because she does not like it. And I think that's very strange to not like Goonies. There's what's not to like. My wife has never seen it. Holly. That's like, I mean, I feel like that's one that we, it was just in a constant rotation. I could probably quote it from start to finish. Yeah. I mean, every time it's on and I'm like flipping through the channels, I'll I'll stop and I'll stop and watch it. My brother and I constantly say, you had to go and screw it up. Like from... Yes. From that, we could be cruising the coast, catching some waves, but no, (laughs) your older brother had to go and screw it up. I love it. And like, I feel like it birthed the name Troy being like the like top douchebag name of the 80s. It's like, oh, you're a Troy. Yeah. It's like Karen these days, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he was just like, Andy, you goonie. Yeah. And he like, she sends her jacket up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's just so much to love about it. Not the least of it's, which is, is Sean Astin, you know, who oh, yeah. who played which, Mikey and is now, you know, our beloved which, Bob Doobie. 
it's surprisingly inappropriate though for a lot of younger like well, i remember think- like first two minutes of the movie when mouth is explaining the no even before that when when they're when they when they escape the from jail they oh. escape from jail and the and the and the um four by four is running through the streets and and um chunk uh is in the pizza shop and he smashes oh, yeah. the, the pizza against the wall and he says i mean shit somehow comes into his conversation yes. i don't remember the exact line so we're like three minutes into the movie we're like whoa okay I know the PG-13 rating came in after... Red Dawn we, and 84. Red Dawn. Yeah. yeah. 84. When did they... I know PG-13 was then, but did they add more to, like, censors with, like, cuss words and stuff as we've gone? Because I feel like there was a lot more cussing in PG movies than you would find now. But maybe that's just my impression and not necessarily the truth. Yeah, I mean, because Goonies was, you know, consider. I mean, it, it is PG. But I'm trying to think, I mean, besides some language, I mean, there's no... Well, there's no sex scenes or anything like that. There's no, there's sex, not, there's no, there's no violence, I mean, there's really. No, I mean, there's threats of violence. You know, And they, they shoot at, the, like, the you know, hand. The hand, and the hand of the blender, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, so yeah, there's threats of violence, but there's no... I mean, nobody's, you know, getting shot or arms chopped off or fingers no, stuck in the cigar. But, like, I, I, I feel like, um, like they use GD a lot more. In PG back, PG movies back then, I feel like it yeah. was mo- a lot more. But I also, we can go into a whole thing about this. But I think that kids these days are very sheltered, too sheltered to be honest. But yeah, with what they're allowed to watch. Yeah. I mean, look at us. We watch that stuff. We're okay. That's right. We're the best. Yeah. <laughs> Let's play a quick round of where in the world is. So Jordan Lake, we've talked about. It's come up before, mm-hmm. but um, so. One of the addresses that they go to is on the files that Hopper is kind of flipping through, but it's also on the notepad that Joyce is looking at. And it's on the map that they look in. It's Herity Bridge Road. So it's H-E-R-A-T-Y, Herity Bridge Road, which is where one of these farms is, one of the plots Mm -hmm. of land they grow up. So Herity Bridge Road, real place, not a real place. If it is real, where is it? Honestly, my my instinct is to go with real almost every single time because I think, why would you make up a place when you could just look on a map and find... Do you want me to give you a hint? I can give you a hint. Yes, give me a hint. Guitar lessons. In season two? Last week, we talked about guitar lessons. The flyer on the board where the lifeguards were listed at the pool. Oh, yeah. And it was the one guy who works on the set and he's actually like he actually is a guitar player maybe and he was just or he, some hit some connection he was a production assistant so grace Harity is a production assistant so they oh so it's made up yeah and it was named so after grace who is a production assistant on the show grace Harity made Harity bridge road that's what i would do for every single yeah i'd name it after my friends and stuff yeah yeah totally. yeah yeah if i want i mean i would if it was me, I would name everything after people I know. Like all the yeah. characters would be named after my friends. Right. Yeah. But, and like place names and towns and streets. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, yeah, there would definitely be a Blue Boar Cafe in yeah. whatever, in whatever thing I made. Cause that yeah. was, you know, it was gross, but I remember it distinctly from the sure. 80s. Yeah. Okay. Uh, movies. You should be at the mall or like watching a movie or something. So I had two. We both had the sneakers one, I know. Because yeah. I had read about that, anyways, which because I it stuck out because I was that's a weird movie to 
to, you know, use that quote from, but I also got major, major Wolfman vibes when Billy gets thrown through the wall and he right, runs off. Yeah, he so just I, has I, I, jeans on and they're kind of ripped up. Like, you know, what you see in the, you know, famous, you know, the Wolfman. And yeah. Then, so, I mean, I had American werewolf in London slash team wolf. So kind yeah, of the same idea, they same show idea. the full yeah. moon and it's, he was running by the moonlight. So, yeah. yeah. So, the quick Schwarzenegger name check when um, Hopper, yeah. you know, so kind of the whole Terminator idea, which, you know, you'll, you'll, that'll come back to be obvious later on in the season. Yeah. Die Hard going through the vents. You can't have people going through vents without thinking Not about thinking Die Hard. John McClane. Erica was talking about the booby traps and she said lasers and spikes in the wall. So the spikes in the wall made me think of Indiana Jones and the both in Temple of Doom and in the first one um, with the, with the spikes in the wall. And then, oh, the uh, the green goo, kind of the twisting and kind of pulling the thing out. So, uh, oh, that was, reminded me of uh, Back to the Future and the plutonium. Yeah, yeah I, I I get that. So I'd read um, on a references page that it's also like the power cells from aliens when they, that's how they power the Nostromo. It's kind of the same idea. Yeah, kind of twist it and pull it out. So, and then the last one I had was the first uh, drop of the f bomb in Stranger Things um, so far that we've had. Uh, when Billy breaks through the glass in the sauna and he says, I'll effing gut you, uh, which immediately made me think of Scream and the, and the beginning of Scream and, and poor Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. when he's on the, when she's on the phone with Ghostface and it's like, you know, I'll gut you like a fish. Um, I had um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers too. It's just yeah, at the Yeah, end. this whole season is kind of at a, yeah, Invasion of the Body Snatchers thing. So yeah, that's a good one too. Okay. Did you have any little things? Wait, did, did you see something? Yeah. What did what did you see? I did, but I don't know if there's so much as little things really. I don't know if they're you can tell me if they qualify or not. So the one, I don't know if they wrote this in, but I love the line we've already talked about it, the roller coaster, where yeah, yes, yes, yes. No, I love that line. And it just seemed like she just said it like to be funny and they kept it in. I have no idea yeah. if that's true or yeah. not, but it seemed yeah, I think th- I can totally see that being kind of one of the, you know, in the moment kind of things where, you know, yeah, like she was like, like yes, yeah. obviously, you know, L in character go, what the hell's a roller coaster? Yeah. 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 So I had that. And I also had just, um, if you notice when, and I know everyone that loves the show is familiar that, you know, we talked about it at 11 or Millie Bobby Brown did pass out when she, or, you know, kind of collapsed after doing the whole scene with Billy. But if you watch Mike's face, he kind of, doesn't know what to do yeah. with her. Yeah. And you can see him look to the side. Yeah. Like, uh, what should I do here? You right. know what I mean? But yeah. then he kept, he stayed in character. Yeah. It was kind of, it was, it was kind of the same thing when we talked about in season two and uh, the breakfast scene with Nancy and Jonathan and Murray. Yeah. And, and Murray goes, oops. And you can see Nancy kind of very quickly look as like, are we going to keep going with this take? And then, yeah. you know, kind of, yeah, same idea. So I had already mentioned the camera shake, or the camera, the Dutch angle, uh, filming with Tom and Jonathan and Nancy. Um, and again, I'll post a link uh, on to what exactly I'm talking about there just so people can get it. But it's it's interesting to go back and look at that scene because it starts, you know, perfectly square. He kicks the table. You actually see the camera tilt in frame. And then the whole rest of the scene is all crooked. So you can see that. I really liked Dustin and Steve when Dustin is licking Steve's scooper. Oh, and, yeah. He said, get And Dustin's scooper, like, man. not my scooper, man. And then he, and then he also, he does the little flip kind of like his bat flip, but with the, with the ice cream scooper and holsters it like kind of. on. Oh yeah. 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 So that was good. But 
so this actually brings me to another question I have about the mind flayer. <laughs> but why would the mind flayer choose someone that's job is a lifeguard if he likes it hot? Good point. Or likes it cold, I mean. So why wouldn't he choose somebody from Scoops Ahoy? They're in a freezer all the time. <laughs> yeah, or it's somebody who works in like, you know, at, at the uh, Bradley's Big Buy in the freezer section stocking, you know. Yeah, it just yeah. feels like real poor planning. I know. <laughs> on the mind player's part. Right. Okay, two last little things, and they both happen in the mayor's mansion. One is when they walk into the room and Hopper just wipes everything off his desk to sit down, which I thought was, I, I could totally be that, see that just being an in the moment kind of thing and not scripted. He just yeah. walk up to the desk and threw everything off. And then I also loved how he twisted the rubber band around his finger and shot it at the mayor. I could well, also totally see that not being scripted either. And we didn't really talk about this in the, the whole section we were talking about the mayor and that whole scene or whatever, but well, the mayor, you know, he's a bad guy, but then he just stoops to like the worst level when he says, don't give me that dead daughter sob story because I just don't care. Yeah. And it is like, it infuriates me. Like, oh, I yeah. I love how Hop sits there and he like, you see him like kind of like nod like, okay, this is it. I'm going to kill him. Yeah. And, you know, he <laughs> hops up. And, you know, before he can get to the door, he like slams him, you know, against the wall. And it's yep. just absolutely- my nose. You broke my nose. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As soon as that happened, I'm like, oh, I mean, it's oh, just no. so terrible. Why would yeah. you say that? Yeah, that's just oh, yeah, that was bad. OK, let's talk uh, really quick music. OK, let's do it. So we haven't talked about Dixon and Stein in a while, but I really loved, um, I mentioned Mirkwood, which is the name of the, 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 you know, musical cue for the whole, through the whole spa, uh, the sauna test. And then also it overlaps with uh, Mrs. Driscoll in the hospital. So let's just take a moment and listen to Dixon and Stein's Mirkwood and, and give them their credit. The only other, well, the only real song in the whole episode was We'll Meet Again by Vera Lynn. We'll meet again. Don't know where. This came out in 1942. Um, interesting story with this one was it was re-released as part of a greatest hits album of hers. Uh, the very best of Vera Lynn came out in September of 2009 to mark the 70th anniversary of uh, the start of World War II in England because this was it was a wartime song, you know, kind of we you know we'll meet again with the soldiers and stuff, and went to number one on the album charts in England. And to this day, Vera Lynn is still the oldest performer at the time. She was ninety two to have a number one album on the UK charts. So, well, good. There for you go. Her. Uh, also, famously for stands of Kubrick, uh, fans of Stanley Kubrick. We'll Meet Again was famously used at the end of Dr. Strangelove. I'll post a link to, you know, that scene. It's just a very famous scene How at the end of Dr. Strangelove. And, and, and We'll Meet Again is played over all the shots of all the nuclear explosions going on um, at the end of Dr. Strangelove. So, okay. I think that is it. Let's do some superlatives. Ooh. Who do you have for MVP? I kind of went back and forth on this because I I've, I've thought the character of Erica, I thought, was great. And... and I found a interview that Erica or Priya Ferguson did on uh, KTLA 
two years ago, I guess, probably when this episode came out. And if you want to see local news anchors who have no clue what's going on or what they're talking about and are forced to sit there and interview somebody, watch, watch these two anchors interview Priya Ferguson, and they have no clue what Stranger Things is what's going on in the show. How is that possible? Just watch it. I will post a link to the interview. It is, it is so awful. I feel awful (laughs) for her. It's just so funny. I mean, she's great. I mean, she, she handled it really well and she was kind of explaining what was going on in the show and stuff. But so I had Erica at first as the character, but then I watched it again and I, I can't not give it to Dacre for his performance in this. I mean, he's just, I mean, I mean, talk about throwing yourself into a role a hundred percent. I mean, he's at, you know, as it's being filmed, he's hoisted on wires. He's all made up, you know, and sweaty and gross. And, you know, the spits flowing out of his mouth. He's half naked wearing jeans and he's still, I mean, he's so commits to this. I just, I thought he just did a fantastic job. Also, you know, how we've talked in the past about his kind of dichotomy. So he's real Billy and then he's also kind of mind flayed Billy. So that whole bit where he's like, you know, I'm really sorry and I don't know what I'm doing and I don't mean to do these things. And then two seconds later, he'd be, you know, he busts out of the window and is, you know, threatening these kids. I just, I gave it to Daker. Okay. I've decided it's time for me to take a stand. And from here (laughs) on out, I'm only choosing the characters. Not choosing actors. Not that I did that often. Okay. But you I choose, feel... Well, then I'll, I'll choose an actor. You choose a character. We'll do it that Yes. Way. Okay. So okay. my character went... My MVP went to... Robin Buckley. <laughs> Incorrect, sir. It was 11 <laughs> this week. It was 11 for her saving everyone from Billy. So that's who gets it. She killed it. He was choking her. He was pulling on her hair. I would have never lasted in a situation like that. Absolutely. Good choice. I'll give it to you. Okay. Okay. Best line. Best line. Ooh, I was torn between Steve saying, it's okay. He bends like gumbo. Yeah. And Joyce. But I think I'm going to give it to Joyce. Nikon, the police. I feel like Steve gets a lot of my awards and it's time for other people to get a chance. So Joyce it is. Good choice. Uh, I went with Erica and her very good and succinct explanation of what capitalism is. You know what I love most about this country? Capitalism. Do you know what capitalism is? Yeah. Yeah. It means this is a free market system, which means people get paid for their services, depending on how valuable their contributions are. And it seems to me, my ability to fit into that little bit is very, very valuable to you all. So, you want my help? This USS Betterscotch better be the first of many. And I'm talking free ice cream for life. It was good. Yeah, it was very good. Even for someone her, you know, for anybody, but for her age to be so well yeah, versed. you, you got to figure she's what, fifth, sixth grade, maybe? Fourth grade, it, fifth grade? Yeah. Somewhere there? Yeah. yeah. Okay, most spirited. Uh, Lair's house with the gaudy gold and and the oh there was just yeah it's mine I feel too like, i mean did they it, have mauve carpet there was one room i know that was like mauve. i mean you had you had the uh yeah the zebras right as you, the zebra carcass as you walk in the grand piano and the palm trees in the living room which i thought was great the bamboo wallpaper the gold plated kind of bed stand and and the end tables 
uh, with the ashtray on it, which I thought was a nice touch. You know, the glass desk. I mean, it's just everything about it was just so, I mean, you can totally see him having like a gold toilet and yeah. it's just, yeah. So. And I feel like he's definitely got mirrors on his ceiling yeah. and he's got those mirrored closets. But if you'll remember in the eighties, remember, you can remember the color schemes that were very big in the eighties, like, and they would always pair like a dark red, almost burgundy with Hunter green. That was yep. huge. Yep. And then peach and blue were yep. huge. Yep. And then there was a lot of mauve in the yeah, 80s no I absolutely like. yeah so yeah that got my vote too so okay last one is most stranger thing i went with uh tom and his wife getting their i don't know is the mind flare sucking something out of them is it yeah he's something he's, yeah he's, in kinda, them? He, he's sucking he's sucking their essence out of them i think right he's kind of taking their taking their soul yeah I, I i don't know but it grosses me out i hate the sounds it makes and i don't like how you can see tom's eye yeah over the, looking, yeah looking at and it he's yeah. like terrified yeah yeah i went with tom too but at, at a different spot and this was one of those things it's you know again it's it's really a stranger thing it's not really you know scary or anything like that but we so we see tom at the end of the last episode bonked over the head and then chloroformed start of this episode he's you know getting his face sucked and then a couple hours later just when he came out of his office, when Nancy and Jonathan were sitting there waiting for him, it just, it just freaked me out for a second. Cause I'm like, Oh, geez. You know, he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know who I expected to see there, but it was just weird to like, see him back, you know, kind of among the living or whatever. It just kind of, it kind of threw me for a loop for a minute. So I went with that for my strange thing though. Honorable mention goes to Heather and her dead eyes. Yeah. You know, there is no stopping it, daddy. And I think the fact that she calls him daddy too, which is just like, Ooh, weird. Oh yeah. It's like yeah. a mind flayer calling him daddy. Yeah. So, all right. So I think that does it. All right. That does it for this week's episode. If you want to participate, you could always email us at scoopshoypod at gmail.com. If you have your own superlative or just questions about what we're talking about, or if you just want to tell me to stop bringing up things that we'll never know the answer to like, where did the mind flare come from? How did it do this? How did it do that? Scoopsahoypod at gmail.com. You can also find us on all the socials, Scoopsahoypod. If you love us, we would love it if you would leave us a review, especially on Apple iTunes, because that helps us get in front of other potential listeners. So next week, we'll be discussing episode five, The Flayed, which sounds creepy as it is. So All right. I want to thank everybody for listening and I hope you tune in next time. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye. Stranger Things audio clips and official score are the property of Netflix. Incidental music by Blue Mount Score from Pixabay.